0: Hello there and thanks so much for supporting the Music Career Show. My aim with this podcast is to help as many people as I can turn their passion for music into a career that can support them and their family by speaking to people who have actually done it and finding out how they've done it. With this in mind, I have developed my Music Career Roadmap. This is a fully comprehensive and detailed step-by-step guide of how you can go from dreaming about your ideal career to actually implementing and living that dream. It is yours to download for free and can be found in the description of this episode. If you would like any support at any stage of your music career, you can reach out to me via email at barry at oneladmusic.com. I wish you all the best of luck and I hope you enjoy this week's episode of the Music Career Show.
1: Welcome to The Music
0: Career Show, telling you the stories of the world's best professional musicians. Hello there and welcome to The Music Career Show. My name is Barry, and every week I'll be speaking with incredible musicians from all over the world about how they've honed their craft and made a career out of doing what they love the most. If you're a new listener, then while you still have your device in your hand, please take a second to subscribe and tell your friends all about the Music Career Show. Hello there, welcome back to the Music Career Show. So, my guest today didn't actually start playing music until approximately five, six years ago, which is absolutely baffling when you look at how much of an online following she has grown in that time in the tin whistle, low whistle, basically kind of traditional woodwind communities. Her mission in music is to make music as accessible as possible to as many people as she can while helping them navigate the many pitfalls and gatekeepers of the music business. So this is Stephanie Barton. Good morning, good afternoon, where are we? Good afternoon,
1: afternoon. hi. <laughs> good afternoon. <laughs>
0: good afternoon, well good morning, depending on where you are in the world as suppose. it could be good morning, it yes, could be good night, it sure. could be good day, could be goodbye, do you know what I mean? doesn't matter. <laughs> so Steph, it's lovely to have you on. Why don't you introduce yourself for people that may or may not have heard of you um, just yet?
1: Um, okay, well I'm Steph. Um, basically all I do is make tin whistle tutorials online, um, mostly on YouTube, and I just aim to do it without the need for any... Background experience
0: in music I love that i i I, I love that so much i'm self taught in all the instruments that I play, and uh, I think that is so important to um to get out there that it, it music is ac- as is, is accessible to anyone at any level and there is an instrument for for everyone there is so, a- um in that same vein then where did it all start for you because usually I speak to people and they're like, oh, well, when I was three, my dad used to love, I don't know, <laughs> Hank Marvin. And I always wanted to have that Red Stratcast like Hank Marvin. But you, your story isn't quite like that, is it?
1: Uh, not really. Um, I started, yeah, as you say, about six years ago now. Um, I basically decided that I was going to play harp because I'd wanted to play an instrument and I'd seen the harp twins on YouTube and I thought, this is amazing, so I'll buy a harp. And then just sort of scrolling through which, which one thing? I was going to buy and my husband says to me, well, What instrument could I play? And I said, okay, well, he's got no music experience, doesn't even like Uh, music, can't even sing a song that he knows in his head, can't even recall any melody. And I thought, well, I'll look for the easiest thing I can find. So you look online and you get Tin Whistle. So I ordered two because I thought, well, I may as well play the same thing with him. And then I stuck with it and he didn't. But But I mean, the way I ended up online doing it was I just thought I'd keep track of my progress as I was going along every month or so, and I'd upload something to YouTube to see if in six months' time I'd, I'd actually, you know, improved at all. Yeah. And then um, I think from the first video or one of the first few videos that I posted online, which was like the Godfather theme tune, people kept yeah. sort of commenting underneath and saying, mm-hmm. well, can you do a tutorial for it? I didn't even know tabs existed. I didn't even know. <laughs> I mean, I still don't really know how to read music. And it, it kind of... Just went from there.
0: So how did you learn the Godfather team? Why why oh. why the Godfather team matches <laughs> For, for, for tin whistle, that's... So for, yes. for, to, to give a little bit of background on what a tin whistle is, for anyone that doesn't know what a tin whistle is, anyone from Ireland knows what a tin whistle is, of course, 100%. Yeah. Every single person, every single Irish person growing up in the past, hundred <laughs> since civilization began, yeah. has been made to play <laughs> the tin whistle. And 99% of us, like speaking Irish, still can't do it. I, I'm, I'm included. I can't play a tin whistle. I really wish yeah. I could. But a tin whistle is, a, it's also known as a, a penny whistle. You can correct me if I'm wrong penny yeah, whistle and it's just basically a really really cheap instrument with a plastic top that you kind of looks like the, the top of a biro and you just yep. sort of blow into it and it sounds lovely if you do it right Um that is it. so but where I was going with that is that it's normally kind of Irish trad sort of druidy sounding songs so The Godfather is about as far <laughs> removed from that as I can as I can think so where where did that come from?
1: Well um, we were part well I was part of um, a sort of musical theatre group at the time. So we'd been doing a lot of swing music and we were in the middle of a show doing some swing music. So we did all sorts of music of that genre and we'd actually sung or um well yeah, we were singing the Godfather theme as part of the one show we were doing. Oh. So it was just in my head. So I just thought, well I'll see if I can play it. And I'll I'll be honest with you, at the time when I got that tin whistle, I didn't even know anything about Irish music. I'd never really? heard Irish music. <laughs> I you know, everybody's sort of seen River Dance, but honestly, that was about it. So I've been opened up to this entire new world of music that I didn't even know existed. So when yeah. I got the tin whistle, my intention wasn't to learn Irish music or play Irish music. I didn't even know that was that was there. It was just yeah. an instrument to me to play anything on, like you play oboe or clarinet or, <laughs> or amazing. Whatever. So how did like yeah.
0: for me, when I when I when I was learning, I'm I'm self-taught as well. And I had things like YouTube and stuff like that. Just, just about, just about you had YouTube. I've, I, I, Like, yeah, we were on dial-up, so YouTube was, do you know <laughs> what I mean? You really had to want to learn the song. But anyway, but I was able to teach myself that way. Now, five, six years ago, I suppose, I was, maybe a little bit longer than that, I tried to learn how to play tin whistle because that was what I did in my spare time. I t- took up new instruments. And I could not, for the life of me, find proper, well-taught, there wasn't the same amount no. of stuff as there is for like the likes of guitar or for drums or piano or I know a more yeah. sort of mainstream instrument, we call it. So how did you manage to figure out this all by yourself?
1: Um I played a few other wind instruments throughout school. So I guess that helps. But I've I've never played any instrument to a level where I can pick it up and play it. Um so I had piano lessons when I was a kid, but honestly I, I can't do anything on it now. Um, I played oboe again for a few months, but it sounded like I was strangling a duck, so I stopped, (laughs) so I don't know, it was obviously, it was just that it was six holes and to play the scale was quite straightforward because you went from the bottom to the top, opening one hole at a time, so it sort of made sense in my head. so, yeah, I, I found like the Online Academy of Irish Music do a lot of lessons and things. There were one or two tutorials that just sort of showed you the basics of where the notes were on the whistle. And then once I knew where those notes were, I just kind of worked it out. From wow.
0: There. <laughs> Fair play. As an adult, that's a hard thing to do. That's a really hard thing to do as an adult, I've, I've found anyway. Uh, yeah. And I, I, I tried to do it that way. And without blowing me on trumpet and this is not meant in a in a Barry's class kind of Barry thinks his <laughs> class kind of way. I I can play a lot of different instruments and I can usually figure them out. But Tim Whistle yes. just completely baffled me. E- even with knowing that's where that note is, that's where that one is. I just couldn't I couldn't marry it up, so i I'm in awe of you. I think you're great. Thank you. So you got your first tin whistle, you got the um you got the Godfire team, you got that up on YouTube. We're going to come back to YouTube in a bit because I, re- I really want to get into that. But when did you realize that the tin whistle wasn't just one instrument, that there was a whole other kind of area that you could go into with like the low whistles and all that kind of stuff.
1: um I'd probably say, well, I started with it with the classic generation whistle that everybody has. Yep, um, and it. I got the wrong key to start with. I got a C. You're supposed to have a D. Yeah,
0: that's right, <laughs> so that's, actually, yeah.
1: Yeah, The way most people start. And then I think, um, obviously, I didn't know that Low Whistle existed. I didn't know that there were the keys of Whistle when I first bought one. So the second you start looking into it, you know what it's like. If you look into anything, <laughs> you yeah. go down that rabbit hole of, wow, it's attached to this. Wow, there's a big version. And it just uh. kind of went from there. And then it was years later that I... I knew that, um, I found out, for example, that if you play the Irish flute, it's the same thing, but with a flute mouthpiece. And you play Aye, just, just that way, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and then, um, you know, alongside that, I play things like Native American flute now, which is kind of similar. It's a bit of a different scale, but it's pretty much exactly the same sort of technique, I suppose. So, yeah. It, yeah, it took a few years, I think, because I I was never intending to make it a career. I was never intended to... Have it as a huge part of my life, I suppose. So it it's been a constant learning process, really.
0: Fantastic! And what a happy accident it turned out to be. What a very happy accident it turned yeah. out to be. So is 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 tin whistling now your 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 full time and YouTubing and stuff?
1: Yes. Fantastic! I I do. Um, I did actually used to film commercials and I used to film voiceovers. At, well, record voiceovers and things. For adverts for online businesses before that, so um, I still do a little bit of that now. Mostly, sort of phone messages. <laughs> but yeah, the majority of it now is is YouTube. Spend all my day making a lot of noise. <laughs> I'm
0: mean, i I'm so in awe of you. I really wanted to do that before. Like I I wanted to do that for years, and I just never had the the patience to to do it. Um, yeah that that that's that's amazing. I'm so happy that that's that's happened, and it's such a like a feel-good story, and I, I, I hope this gives an awful lot of other people, um, a lot of kind of hope and a kick up the arse that you can actually do this. I know it wasn't yeah. that late in life for you, but it still was. I would, I would yeah. guess, me and you are roughly the same age, so kind of mid twenties-ish when you picked this up. Um, so yeah, that's 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 absolutely amazing. So then, how when when did the the, did the Irish music come into it?
1: Um, I'd say probably about a year and a half a and in, and a half. Um, when I started making uh, tutorials regularly on YouTube, um, people would request certain songs. So somebody would say, oh, have you done this Irish tune? And then I also got a lot of hate. Because <laughs> obviously, just... uh, yeah, there's like a huge sort of protective, um, about the traditions and and the proper way to do it, obviously, around Irish trad music. So if you if you don't really go into it with that much knowledge behind it, which obviously I didn't have. I was like a year and a half into playing the instrument, and I was already making tutorials. So it kind of annoyed a lot of people um, that had been traditionally taught or that had spent a long time uh, learning to to play trad music properly. So when I went in there and I tried that, I did get a lot of negative feedback when I started. So, But I mean, the reason I tried it was because people would request that I play a certain jig or a certain... Irish slow air or anything that they wanted to play and if I if I listen to it and I like it it, it goes right to the top of my list so
0: <laughs> brilliant and you're yeah. just you you're just able to suss that all out by ear
1: yes I just <sighs> listen to it and then you just you think well you know especially if you know the the key of whistle that you play on regular you think I, I know that note it's like two fingers down <laughs> so I just oh, kind of so go bit- from there and I Listen to it slowly, write all the notes out and then play it back.
0: <laughs> that's just not fair. Some people just have all the talent. Do you know how long that <laughs> took me to learn to actually be able? To, I'm still, I, there's, there's in a, in a, in a, in the grade two exam for a guitar, there's like, you do listening exercises where you have to play back, mm-hmm. certain notes of the scale and you have to figure them out. Do you know how long that took me to figure out? And there's you. <laughs> so I'd imagine there, that that's the type of arseholes you were coming up against. I mean, And that was the attitude.
1: Maybe. <laughs> I think it was, it was mostly because obviously, as you say, well, what people expect is that you've mastered something before you start teaching. Of course. I never intended to teach it. I, wasn't, I never saw myself as a teacher, never saw myself as a musician. I, I could just work out the notes for a tune and people wanted those notes. So that was, that yeah. was what I did.
0: It's as simple as that. I always do that with 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 my students. Is that I have zero qualifications in music whatsoever. I am completely, yeah. completely self taught. Everything that I've learned, all the instruments that I I play. When I say I play a lot of instruments, I'm a guitar player, and I can play all these other things. You know, it'll be it, 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 it's it's um transferable skills. But yeah, like you say, you can play notes. People want to know how to play those notes. I am more than happy to show you how to play those notes, and it's as simple yeah. as that. It is as simple as that. I, I I hate that that whole thing about this whole gatekeeping thing in the music industry that oh it was like do you remember did you watch Stranger Things?
1: Yeah.
0: <laughs> and people were going bananas over the fact that this generation was getting introduced to Metallica just purely from Stranger Things and like, oh you can't fucking like Metallica because you oh, only know Matt. It was like fuck off honestly yeah like is the problem it doesn't matter where your information comes from if people start getting into metallica because they saw on stranger things if you start getting into irish music because someone on the internet asked you to figure out and show them do you know what i mean why is people's problem
1: it's happening all over again with lord of the rings though when they made the films it was well you can't get into it now because you didn't read the books now they've made the new rings of power series it's like you can't get into it now because you've never seen the films
0: Oh, yeah. Sure These enough, I never go
1: thought
0: <laughs> They do go around, yeah. Out of interest, what did you think about Rings of Power?
1: Uh, I'm a huge Lord of the Rings fan, so I thought I was going to mm-hmm. hate it, but I just yeah. accepted it for what it was.
0: Yeah. And it I was an we,
1: additional, it was just an additional Lord of the Rings input, and that was fine by me.
0: <laughs> yeah, I, I think an awful lot of us just had to make do with the fact that it was just an addition. I'm a huge Lord of the Rings fan as well. I listen yeah. to uh, the Lord of the Rings. Um, there's, I don't know if you've ever come across them, but they're like... It's an audio book but it's uh, an old bbc radio broadcast yeah. have you listened
1: to it <laughs> yeah
0: it's i listen to that at least once <laughs> a month i've listened nice. I, I must listen to it about 20 times at this stage and there's one of the hobbit as well and it's amazing and i've got the cartoon version of the hobbit on dvd in like spanish dvd and one of my favorite like my favorite Lord of the Rings is the cartoon one from 1978. Honest to god. Amazing. Amazing. <laughs> so um yeah, I'm glad I'm glad we found that 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 thing that there is another one of me out there in the world that that likes Lord of the Rings as much as as possible. <laughs> um, the the whole message that we're sending out here uh dear listeners is fuck the gatekeepers. There's no need for them. And if you are a gatekeeper, <laughs> fuck you. That's that's a lovely message to be sending out, isn't it? Um, yeah. <laughs> Sorry to anyone that is a gatekeeper and now doesn't listen to me anymore but listen. Yeah. you've got no problem <laughs> of, uh, of your own So um, along with uh, the, the YouTube stuff do you gig at all? Or do you have any aspirations to gig?
1: Um, when I first started again about six months to a year in I played one small piece of music with our uh, musical theatre group as part of a show since then, I've played twice in front of people. That's well, it. maybe three to three times if you if you take a live video. But I played once at my grandfather's funeral, once oh. at um once on a live stream on YouTube, and I've played once in the last few months at a festival in my so local really. area, and that is it.
0: <laughs> and is that just because there was you, you have no interest in it, or there's no opportunities, or what's the crack?
1: Oh, there would be millions of opportunities. Firstly, um, uh-huh. I I turn around so many tunes that I don't necessarily learn them um, well enough to play back live, if that makes Ah, sense.
0: Yeah, I I can get it. So
1: I'm I'm putting out two different tunes a week. Often I film um, five or six different tunes in one go. I'm working on uh, collaborations and commissions that I've got going on with other people outside of that. I'm working on an album at the moment. So um, the process of obviously learning and creating the tutorial, I, I listen to the tune for an hour, half an hour, write out the notes. And then I sort of play it through once or twice and then I kind of go on to record.
0: <laughs> yeah. So it,
1: I'm yeah, I'm looking and, and at it... Yeah, I'm looking at notes that I've got written down so I don't it doesn't sort of sink in as such. So if I was going to do um, playing live anywhere, I would need to, to work on learning a load of tunes off by heart so I can play them yeah. to the audience
0: the, the, at that the return, level, you know? The return on investment probably isn't isn't good enough um to make it worthwhile.
1: Yeah, I suppose as well, because I work from home, is quite convenient for me. Mm-hmm. With my husband, you know, we work during the day because he works from home as well. And then gigs and things tend to be in the evening and they tend to be further away. They involve traveling. So I, I don't really need that
0: yeah alongside I, it to be honest I couldn't agree with you more I used to gig it, I I live in Aberdeen and I used to gig five six times a weekend over a Friday and a Saturday after yeah. teaching 40 students every week wow and I used to go out and about to the students and then I used to have to go out and about so the only t- the only day of the week I was actually home was a Sunday and I was either knackered or dying of a hangover so basically I was <laughs> like seven days a week no one saw me uh, unless you actively went out of your way to go and see me uh, but now, as you say, I work from home. This is a fancy little studio shed in my garden. It's great. I teach from <laughs> here, and then I just do gigs at most twice a week, mostly just once a week, and it's it's great. Um, and, and, and the reason I ask about gigging is because I very very seldom have seen tin whistle players, um, whistle players, Irish flute players out and about actually gigging, and I think it's amazing. I done um some gigs in America with an Irish guy called Dan O'Sullivan how are you Dan if you're Mm -hmm. listening he plays Tin Whistle his main instrument is Illin Pipes ever come across Illin Pipes
1: yes yeah
0: yeah so he plays Illin Pipes but he also plays Tin Whistle and to this day probably the best musician I've ever played with and the most fun I've ever had playing with someone that I didn't know I didn't didn't know him but the whistle it's just oh it's amazing it's absolutely fantastic Mm -hmm. and I don't think it's, it's, it's used enough because it is this thing that you've got people like yourself that will get into it because it's relatively easy and you've yeah. also got people that have always played it because they were made play it and you don't actually kind of think of it as as a genuine mm. instrument that can hold its own so yeah. it is it's, it, there, uh, for me anyway in my opinion there's a massive gap for some rock star tin whistle players so um, <laughs> yeah you should, you should look into that and and, and and the gigging side of things you can get to America and play in America yeah
1: I'll be for honest me. the more you look into it the more you find mm-hmm. especially one- if you There are so many, like, um, there's a lot of German bands that use it. There's so many bands Mm -hmm. that sort of slide low whistle, usually, into their music. And it really makes a difference to the dynamics of what they're playing.
0: Cool. I may may look out for these because I've never come across them. Maybe I'm just not looking in the right places, to be fair, but sure, look. So let's get into the YouTube. So you've got a huge following on YouTube. You've got, what, 82,500, 83,000 people following you? That's absolutely phenomenal. Was that by design or was it like your, this sounds terrible. Was it like your your music career and an accident? That that, is, that does not, is, is not meant in the way that it sounds like, oh, you just happened across a music career. Good for you. Do you know what I mean? But was, what, did you intentionally set out, once you got a bit of traction on YouTube, did you intentionally set out to grow it? Or was it just by, was it organic? Or what did you do?
1: Um, I've never advertised. I've never paid for any ads. I've never done anything in that way. Um, as I said, I didn't intend to have music as my career. I was completely happy doing little commercial videos and (laughs) product demonstrations, that sort of thing. Um, I think as it grew, it sort of took over more of my time alongside my other job. So I kind of needed to decide, was I going to pursue that or was I going to stick with my job because doing the two together just wasn't going to work. Um, yeah. So yeah, it got to a certain stage, I suppose, maybe around the like twenty thousand subscribers mark, where I thought, well, it might be worth having a go of, <laughs> yeah. seeing if I can, you know, actually make something of it. So yeah, I think when it got to that stage, I, I probably started putting more effort in. Um, obviously, getting things like a Patreon or a coffee, if you get supporters um, mm-hmm. to monetarily support you from another source. Then you know that there's something in it. I think.
0: Yeah, well, that's uh, yeah, and 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 there's lots to be said for that. Um, so did you just pack in the other job? I suppose it's kind of... You, were you actually <laughs> employed or was no. this like... A, it was still a freelance thing, so you didn't really... Yeah, everything to...
1: was freelance. So I've been working from home um, since I quit retail, which was, oh, I don't know, maybe like 2014. So I've been working from home for about three years anyway. Yeah. Um. So yeah, it was easy enough to do something alongside my current job. Um. So I've just sort of slowly phased it out. So I stopped doing the product demonstration videos. And I kept doing the sort of white background talking head videos. (laughs) And then I phased those out and just stuck with the voiceover. as I said, I still do a a bit of voiceover now anyway. So it's It's just a slow phasing out process.
0: (laughs) Very good. And have you voiced over or demonstrated any products that might be, that people might know you from?
1: Uh, Probably not. (laughs) it's It's mostly for small businesses and people online. Oh, wow. and not necessarily With,
0: sort of big brands or anything. It's yeah. Again, that that what well, that's really good to know that something like that exists. Ten years ago, that didn't exist. That wasn't well, maybe twenty years ago, that wasn't the thing.
1: That really no. wasn't
0: the thing. I, I, imagine what do you want to be when you grow up? Well, I want to sit at home, and I want people to find <laughs> me and ask me to talk about their thing that they're going to sell. All right, grand job, yeah, fair play. Do you know what I mean? It's 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 it's. Mad and that's what I love about doing this um this podcast. 20 years ago, there was no podcast. Yeah. No, there was no such thing as a podcast. You know what I mean? Um, and nowadays there's all these different opportunities. That's that's so wild. I always tell the story of there recently. I was speaking to someone uh through and trot and I was speaking to her and I says, What is it that you do? And she lived in Georgia in the States, in Atlanta, I think she said. Oh no, maybe it wasn't anyway. She was in Georgia and in the States, and um she says, My job is that I help uh doctors. By luxury real estate with the aim of turning them into Airbnb <laughs> part-time businesses and I was like what? Wow. That's, that's how in the name <laughs> of Jesus, is that a thing? You don't go down to the job centre and say hello there one of those please um, it, it just doesn't happen. happen it just doesn't happen but nowadays it, it can happen. happen it's amazing I yeah. love it so much I love it so so it's, so so much
1: Definitely one of those things that my family don't quite understand
0: Yeah because I would imagine I think, uh, that you're... My parents,
1: my, Sorry, my mom Carrie, and dad are like are... in their 60s and they, they're they fine with it. They watch the YouTube videos. They really enjoy it. My dad's always been musical anyway. and Obviously, as we've done a lot of theater, So if I'm dressed as an elf or if I'm dressed as a clown for a video, they completely understand that. that's part of <laughs> who I am, yeah. what I do. But yeah, people regularly come to the house when I'm in the middle of filming and then I answer the door dressed as a clown or an elf. And that is harder to explain to the postman uh, or your 80, 80-something 80 father-in-law.
0: or <laughs> I know what you mean, yeah. yeah. Yeah, and I'd imagine that an awful lot of these people that you'd speak to, they'd be like, oh, that's nice, oh, but what if it doesn't work out? <laughs> Do you know what I mean? What, what, what are you going to fall back yes. on? And it's that whole thing of, it's people that are, and this is not a slight in any way, shape or form, this is not a put-down, it's just uh, an observation. But the people that work work for a living, not that we don't work for a living, but work in a... a Working a job, working a uh, in a bank, or work as a like my dad's a mechanic. Do you know what I mean? And trying to explain yeah. this to my, to my dad, that my dad gets paid at the end of the week. He does got he does his job. He comes home and he does his own thing. Do you know what I mean? Us creative people and us people that own, own are self employed and freelancers, it doesn't work that way. It doesn't work at all. No. We have to find the people that want to pay for our services and. Someone out there will want, some doctor out there in the world does want to have some luxury real estate to start his part-time Airbnb service. And you can guarantee that he is going to find your one that I was on the phone to because she's the only one in the world that does it. But yeah, um, yeah it's, and, and, and trying to explain that to someone is, um, is, is very, very funny. But uh, yeah, it's mad that everyone thinks we're just getting away with this. But yeah. Yeah. It's funny. It's it's, it's trying. It's funny trying to tell yourself that you're not just getting away with it. That this actually is uh, a genuine thing. And it's it's like you 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 were saying when you see that there are people actually supporting you on your Patreon. there's yeah. so It's not just people subscribing to YouTube. It's people that are actually essentially pledging money every month to keep yeah. to, to keep you going. And that's what pays pays your wages. And people are getting the value out of however much they're putting uh putting towards it's 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 an amazing thing.
1: I never understand that. I I can never get over the fact that somebody. Just wants to, to fund what you're doing, which is silly because, you know, I do the same thing myself. Like you go on to Domestica or whatever and you buy a, an art course or something to follow. You know, people do it. But yeah. it is just strange to think that people would do it for you.
0: <laughs> yeah, I know it is weird, but it, go, it goes back to um, something that I, was, I was speaking to someone about um, earlier on. It's all about making like a human connection with someone. Like, oh, yeah. like, like, like when, when, like, I, I, I sent you a text and I says, "Would you like to come on my podcast?" It says, "I love what you're doing, whatever else." And I obviously saw something in, in in you that I thought I would love to speak to you about what it is you're doing, and hopefully you saw something in in me that you were saying I'd love to have a chat with that with that person and and tell them about what it is, and it all goes back and 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 in a way we're we're supporting each other. Um, that's getting all kind of. I don't know, highfalutin and, and completely literally <laughs> off track but hey ho yeah I've said it now it's out there in the, it's out there in the world now so there it is remember when I said at the start I'll, I'll often just waffle on and talk shite and I'll have to do 99% of my edit is me just telling myself to shut up but um, <laughs> anyway uh, let's get back on track so going back to YouTube if there is a Stephanie out there in the world wanting to know how Stephanie Burton has made her cutie pie um uh, YouTube channel is so successful. If you had to reverse engineer what you did and give someone actual genuine advice and like kind of steps, what would they be?
1: Uh, find something you're passionate about, but not the best at. Okay. Because I think having um, to constantly challenge yourself when you're creating the content is, is something really good because you keep pushing yourself to get better. I think that is one of the most important things is that you don't burn out and you don't um, you don't lose the spark, I guess, if, if you're keeping your sights aimed higher because you need to improve what you're doing. I think that's always one good thing. But starting out on YouTube is really easy. All you need to do is have the discipline, I suppose, to create content on a regular basis. Once you've got that, as long as you're putting something out there that you think will be useful or you think will be entertaining, people technically should come and watch it.
0: Very good. That's one thing that I have struggled with myself is the accountability to yourself and keeping yourself accountable. So like, for example, my podcast goes out every Friday. I have to have yeah. an interview done or I have to have something and that's what keeps me accountable. What keeps you accountable uh, to your YouTube channel?
1: Um, I think I, I like it for a start, which is good. Um,
0: yeah.
1: Obviously, Uh, I started off playing Tim Whistle because I wanted to learn to play an instrument myself. So obviously learning regular uh, different tunes um, is like a (laughs) self-improvement experience, I suppose, in general. People pay for commissions. So they commission a tune where they pay me to create a tutorial for a specific song. And then I say, well, once you've paid, whatever the amount is, um, I'll do it within four weeks. So sometimes I've got deadlines like that that I need to work to anyway. Okay. I guess the experience of obviously making money by working for clients myself as a freelancer with, with everything kind of set me on the right path to, you know, be able to have the discipline, I suppose, to make videos yeah. on a regular basis. But essentially, if I don't make videos, I don't get paid. Yeah.
0: <laughs> if course. the
1: content isn't there, you know, you're not going to be able to engage the audience that are already supporting you anyway. So, yeah, so it's, there's a the bit e- of, yeah it's a bit of give and take. Everybody needs to eat. Yeah, Everybody has got bills to pay. If, if whatever you're doing is working towards paying those bills, then you've got to do it anyway.
0: Yeah, I suppose that's, that's, that's a really good way of looking at it. And then how would someone get started? Say someone really likes playing Tin Whistle or they really like playing flute or they really like playing recorder. How do they get into YouTube? And by, by that, I mean, what do they need to start
1: to start their own channel or to start, start learning
0: to play? So, so the, the idea of this 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 podcast is to um, speak to people who have made a career out of music in, in one way or another, like, like I would have said to you when we first um, yeah. connected, in the hopes of giving, giving others out there that are listening the inspiration to do it, but also the kind of the practical do this, do that, apply this to your situation as much as possible. So that's what I'm asking. So if I was playing flute and I was concerned that the... the the audio on my phone isn't going to be enough. It's not going to be great. How do I get over that? Or what What do I do? Do you know what I mean? So how, how do I actually start? I don't know if that's two separate questions, is it, but do you know what I mean?
1: <laughs> well, um, it it is very different. There are very different ways you can start now to when I actually started. I still do things in quite an old-fashioned way. Like I've got the microphone and the audio interface. I've got... Um, quite vintage laptop and editing software. (laughs) So I, it's quite a slow process. I even use a video camera. So all those things that I go through that I need to do that, um, you can actually do on your phone these days anyway. So even if you're just starting out, you don't technically need all that other stuff. You can get things that make your recordings have like reverb and things on your phone anyway. So you don't really need the snazzy editing software, to be honest. Um, but I think as long as you've got something that you can record yourself with, as long as you've got, um, the best equipment that you can afford, I suppose, when you're starting out and then you're consistent with what you, with what you produce, then it, you should be in, in the best place to start.
0: Do you think, um, what's more important, consistency or equipment?
1: I think the general quality of the content, um, the better the quality of the content the better it'll be received so if you were putting out uh, audio that people couldn't really hear and you were putting out video that people couldn't really see then you you're not going to get as far as if you've got something that looks more polished and finished
0: so do but, you I mean, think it's you'd, better-
1: be, you'd be better off working harder for like a fortnight on something and putting out a better video than you would putting out like two or three videos a week if the if there was a decrease in the quality of those videos.
0: Grant, right. that's, that, 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 that's where I was going with that one. So yeah. you, you reckon qu- quality over quantity.
1: Yeah. Okay. I think there's a balance with anything. I mean, I've asked my followers this time and time again, and they, they've they agreed that the sort of two videos a week kind of really works for them. Um, three videos would kind of be like overkill. You've got too much content yeah. coming at you because nobody can learn that many tunes alongside their job and things anyway. Of
0: course, yeah.
1: Um, but I mean the once a week or the, or the once a fortnight, even though it would be a better video, it might be like a, um, I'd go out and I'd film a big fancy cover or something. I mean, people come to me for tin whistle lessons, so they don't need the fancy elements. They just need to be able to clearly see and hear what I'm doing. So I think it depends on whether you wanted to teach or whether you wanted to, um, just sort of play. If you were going from a performance point of view, you could take longer in between each each video but make it better
0: Okay very good I think that's really really good practical advice too many of these YouTube videos, uh, videos are just like it's not tailored to and of course it can't be tailored to everybody but it's very hard oh, to uh, I, I've found anyway to get actual tailored proper real life advice on people that are wanting to start YouTube channels and people that I was on a, I was on a call just before we started recording here with a guy that was like um, I want to put my album out but I I, I I don't know any good engineers or producers and I need, I need somewhere to record it. And I was just kind of like, not necessarily. You don't really, <laughs> a, a really good way of doing it is just do, like, like, like what you're saying, obviously there, 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 there has to be a balance. There has to be a balance. Um, but it doesn't necessarily need to be, that it doesn't have to, I'm getting off track. I'm getting off track. I'm going to edit half of that. out. No, keep
1: going. I think it's good. <laughs>
0: uh, it doesn't necessarily have to be absolutely, it's not going to change the world. As long as it's 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 consistent quality and you're consistent with, it, um that seems to be the way to go. I'm still trying to grow my own YouTube channel. I've only got like fifty odd subscribers, but that's that's okay. Rome wasn't built in a day. I'm 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 okay with that. And if I, <laughs> yes. if I if I if I help even one of those fifty-five people to get to the next step, then that that's my job yeah. done. I'm happy.
1: Sometimes I think people think too much about it. Like mm-hmm. I've been trying to help um a couple of other musicians that I know sort of build their Instagram and build their YouTube anyway. Um, and the problem I think that they have is that they think about it too much or they worry too much about what the content they're putting out is going to, how it's going to be received, but you need to put content out. So you kind of just need to stop thinking about it sometimes and just do it because you can get sort of overwhelmed with all the thoughts and all the details about it. And then you don't do it. And if you don't put stuff out there, nobody's ever going to see it.
0: Yes. Brilliant. Yep, I I I love it, and I I often have to take that that advice myself. I often have to just have a word with myself and just like no, just stop overthinking it. I'm a great lad for thinking of solutions to problems that will never, ever, ever, <laughs> never. And I'll be like, well, if this happens, I know what to do. But then, <laughs> you know what I mean, but then I, I, I'm 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 four hours later and no further on. I'm i I mean I'm in a worse position because I'm now thinking that a fucking hurricane's going to hit the place and ah oh, sure look it anyway. <laughs> so when I was doing all my research into uh, Tin Whistle and I, I, I originally came across your channel uh, a few years ago I noticed that there is such thing as a tunable Tin Whistle which blew yeah. my mind completely and utterly blew my mind how the hell does that work?
1: Um, It, it depends how you think how tunable you think it is. <laughs> okay. A tunable tin whistle, well, let's start with a non-tunable tin whistle, is a one-piece whistle. So as an example, it's one tube and the mouthpiece is all molded as part of that one tube. Nothing comes mm-hmm. apart, nothing moves, it is a solid piece. And all that means is that when you blow through it, for example, and it's a key of D whistle, you'll be able to play a diatonic scale in the key of D. It mm-hmm. doesn't matter if nobody knows what that means, but it means that if you play D, it will come out. As it sounds, a tunable whistle is slightly different in so much as that the, the mouthpiece just moves a little bit. So the mouthpiece is made as a separate top that goes onto the whistle. Um, so you can take it off completely, and you can have a two-piece. So you've got mouthpiece in one hand and the whistle body in the other. And all it does is it moves up and down a little bit. So if you move the if you lengthen the whistle by moving the mouthpiece f- sort of further off, it uh-huh. flattens. The notes a little Uh bit. If you push it down as far as it'll go, it sharpens the notes a little bit. So it's, I mean, on some whistles, if you extend them fully, you can get like um, you can go from a a D to a D flat. Okay. Um, but it's more so fine tuning to go with other instruments.
0: Okay, so it's not like uh, it's not like you can, like 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 it's not like
1: guitar, for example, you could sort of.
0: There's not
1: as yeah, there's not as much um, flexibility.
0: Okay, so it's more like kind of if you were gigging somewhere that was like really really hot and humid, for example. Yes. Okay, that's really interesting. Because obviously tin
1: whistles are are often metal, and they kind of need warming up so that they play in tune. Um, They Mm -hmm. can be affected by the weather. They can be affected by you know all sorts of things. Really. Um, So yeah. And also there's a, some instruments are tuned to four forty and some are tuned to four three two. So you yeah. can just
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's um yeah, I can't I can't remember what 432 is. It's like kind of like halfway between the 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 flat key and, and the whole key. Yeah.
1: That's, so what, it's, it's just weird. if you're playing with other instruments, you've got the option to just tweak the pitch a little bit, flatten or sharpen it.
0: And could you, for example, is it, is it feasible if you had a, a, whistle, a tunable whistle in D but the lads were playing in D-flat? Could you tune it to D-flat and get away with it or is that not the intended purpose?
1: Uh, it's not really the intended purpose but you can do it on some whistles. Okay. Um, it, what tends to happen is obviously because the, the holes are positioned in certain uh, places on, on the body of the whistle, uh-huh. um, that's to hit that particular note it's yeah. designed to to be that size, that shape and that location to hit that note as yeah. on pitch as possible. So obviously uh, extending the whistle to its full length to get yeah. the D flat just kind of puts those notes, the rest of the notes in the scale slightly off. So you, you could technically do it, but you might be playing some notes that sound a little bit off. Yeah.
0: Intonation. The intonation yes. would be all off. I love it. Um, and... This is one that's just occurred to me. Uh, I, 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 I don't know why. I, I think I know the answer to this and I think it's going to be a really, really stupid question. But I'm going to ask it anyway because I'm curious. Could you, could <laughs> you potentially use uh, a tunable whistle in the same way that a guitar player would use a whammy bar? Do you know what a whammy bar is on a guitar? Um, like I
1: think it, I do. Yeah, on an electric guitar.
0: On an electric guitar. Let me see and if you I wobble can it. And
1: you wobble it and it wiggles your
0: sound. when so get a guitar, it's this and it goes yeah like that.
1: Yeah, which kind you of like all- wavers your sound a little bit, yeah. Yeah,
0: uh, yeah. It like it, 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 it so, so this this for example it would, and it like just takes all the slack off the strings. You can do like mental kind of effects and stuff, uh, like sounds and all that. Can that be done with? Could that be done with a? <laughs>
1: um, not really. Okay. Part of the problem is that the obviously the mouthpiece is on quite tight so that it doesn't fly off
0: fair enough I thought it was a bit of a stupid question alright
1: <laughs> I mean if you if you greased the whistle or you had a loose fitted mouthpiece then yeah potentially
0: cool I, that, that, that's now my new mission in life I want it because I'm a huge Van Halen fan and Eddie Van Halen was known for like doing loads of whammy bar stuff so that's my new mission in life is to learn how to play some Van Halen on, on the tin whistle and, and get a you can actually it. <laughs> do
1: that with um, finger techniques though so can you it is, it is doable
0: Really? Yeah,
1: yeah. You can do well in a way. Um, okay. You can do something. You can do something called a slide, which is obviously um, I don't know why I'm showing you because this is a podcast. The way you slide your finger from uh, one hole onto the whistle and sort of open it slowly, so it um, kind of bends the note a little bit.
0: Uh-huh. Yeah.
1: Go on. That's all. one. And then you can um, you can yeah, you can do all sorts of weird things. <laughs> and also if you also if you play the note and then you uh, lessen the breath that you put in, it sort of drifts off a little bit. See if I can do this.
0: As class it works,
1: it, I love it. It works a little bit better on uh, Native American food. <laughs> yeah.
0: Still low. No. Okay, fair enough. I don't need I I now don't need to go and learn how to play a tin whistle and play a Van Halen on it. I'm just gonna get commission you to do some Van Halen on the tin whistle. You've already got it figured out. I can't believe that that question has led to me getting a tin whistle lesson. I love it. Amazing. Uh, cool. So I know that you kind of reading music was always a bit of a, a struggle for you. Yes. And I know that reading music and understanding music theory and notation is a struggle for an awful lot of musicians, me included. Uh, it's only in the past couple of years, that I actually understood what a scale was for, believe yes. it or not. I didn't understand. the point. I was like, I'll just do this. And like, what the fuck do I need a scale for? But like, uh, it's only since I started teaching guitar and and, and like realizing this, uh, that it actually made made sense to me. How do you get past not being able to, uh, un, or, or not, not not being able, but not understanding uh, music theory and, and notation and stuff?
1: Um, notation doesn't seem to be much of a problem because um, I play by ear and a lot of people who play tin whistle play by ear anyway. So... If you're playing sort of Irish trad music, there's a lot that you can pick up from listening
0: Mm -hmm.
1: um, and you don't necessarily need the notation for that. Um, Music theory, on the other hand, is difficult. It depends what you want to do. Obviously, if you're, for example, a lot of people can't work out which key of whistle they should be using when they're trying to work out how to play a tune. Well, I don't know the sort of technical ways to do that so I also do that by ear so I when I first started I did everything just by listening and then I'd swap a whistle key tell oh, that's not quite working, you know I'm you know doing too many half holes trying to find different notes that aren't in that key um, so I'll swap to a different one so I kind of did it by trial and error um, okay. but I am learning that sort of thing so I've learned about the different scales about the different keys about um, the different names and and bits of music theory that go towards creating music. I think especially if you're making your own music, you need a lot more of that than if you're just playing back somebody else's.
0: Yeah, I've I've found that as well in the past few years that it's uh, it's having that universal language to actually be able to properly articulate what you're trying to 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 get. Instead of like like you you're speaking about tin whistle tabs in guitar, we have tabs as well. And instead of calling a chord a a four on the A do you know what I mean? That there's that that makes no sense at all. In fact, a four on the A would be an uh, would be a D an E card. It's the four yeah. card in the A or whatever it is. Uh, there we go. If if I've gotten that wrong, please believe me <laughs> that I know I know what I'm on about with music. But yeah, it's, it's 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 totally different. So that's what I was just I was, I was just curious about. But I suppose that would only really uh, come into effect if you are or only really be an issue if you are performing with other musicians or if yeah. you were really trying to put, put across a, a, an idea in a theoretical way. So yes. I suppose that, that, that kind of, yeah, that, that kind of answers the question that you don't really necessarily need it. It's not, really, not overly... really, it
1: depends. As I said, it depends what I'm doing. I don't play with other musicians, um, in sort of live settings or in a band or anything. So I've not really come across that, but because tin whistles come in a range of keys, you would take whistles in every key, so you'd still be able to play along with every song anyway. Um, Exactly,
0: exactly. It doesn't
1: really, so you you still don't really need it for that. But I think, yeah, I was trying to work on my own music this year and trying to make an album, so obviously you need to know a bit of music theory to know that certain scales are better used in Celtic music or Irish music, certain sort of chords go with certain notes for a particular reason, so yeah. Of course.
0: Yeah, yeah. One thing that's after getting me thinking, and this is again, it's a little bit off script, was that in harmonica, in harmonica you can play what's called cross harp. So in the key of poor oh Jesus, in the key of E, right? And if you have a harmonica that's in the key of E, and if you play the, the the major scale, it's an E major scale. But if you play in what's called second position, I think it's second mm-hmm. position, you can play bluesy in the key of A. Oh, nice. Is there something like, like that in, just, just when you're talking about using the different notes of scale and playing half notes and stuff, could you use a D tin whistle, say, to play in a different key? But like, do you know what I mean?
1: Yes. Um, you can play in the key of D, you can play in the key of G, I think it is as well. There's always a first and a second scale. And then there's kind of like a minor scale. Yeah. So you can play in a few, you can play a few different scales on, on a D whistle. Yeah. Um, and is, that, is, that, is
0: that the relative minor?
1: See, that's where you lose me. I don't Okay.
0: Know. <laughs> okay. Apologies for that. So the relative no, minor of, the relative minor of D is B minor.
1: I can find out. I have this information. Can I find out? Yes. Okay. So a D whistle would play in obviously the key of D. Secondary key that the tin whistle will play in easily is a G. And yeah, uh-huh. I don't know. It just says minor key. <laughs> so it key. plays in is, um, the minor key would be the key of E for a D whistle E minor? apparently
0: wow that's weird that is you, usually uh, you could play in like sort of well, maybe it's not weird maybe it's not weird at all uh, I'm just thinking of it from uh, a music theory standing in that the relative minor of, of, of D is B the easy way of finding the relative minor is find now what the sixth note in the scale is that's always your relative um, minor so there you go I didn't know that you could play <laughs> different scales I, uh, that never occurred to me I just got got, got thinking I'm glad we've we've, we've worked something out so, so there you go but myself and Steph are professional musicians and we had to use Google <laughs> sorry if, if we can do it anyone can do it there you go
1: exactly um, cool do you see I don't consider myself a professional musician
0: well here's the thing what is your job title
1: I don't know
0: if you had if I if I said I'm gonna give you a million pounds right now, but you have to tell me what it is that you do for work in three words or less, what is it? Tin whistle tutorials. Tin whistle tutorials. And what is a tin whistle?
1: It's a musical instrument.
0: <laughs> and do you do that? Do you do that full is that your full time profession? Yeah. <laughs> I would say, I would certainly say you're a professional musician because I don't know what else you would you would call it. It is, again, mm-hmm. it's probably going back to this, like, gatekeeper thing where people are like, oh, you play tin whistle. You just I mean? you, you... If
1: you're going to say you're a professional musician, that you should have some level of proficiency in what you do. And I don't focus on sort of playing at a professional level, if you know what I mean. That's not necessarily enough, my but... focus. So yeah. I, I never consider myself really as a professional musician. I've only recently started considering myself as a musician at all. Well, I
0: For one's word, I would certainly consider you a professional musician. Uh, I, I, I My bandmate gets some <laughs> slagging on this podcast, and he'd be the type that he didn't even know there was a D minor until about a year ago. And me and him have been playing for, for, for years, and he gets some slagging. I always give him a slag, and I, lo- I love him dearly. Callum, I love you, lad. Um, I do. He's, he's probably the best bandmate I've ever had. Um, sorry to all the <laughs> other bandmates. Myself and Callum are like that. But he would consider himself a professional musician, even though he has a day job, he would consider himself a professional musician so the long and short of it is if that little whore considers himself a professional musician you're definitely <laughs> a professional musician and he gets away with calling himself a professional musician you and I are definitely, you especially are definitely a professional musician <laughs> people paying you it. people, people paying you to, 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 to do music that's that's the definition of it do you know what I
1: mean? Yeah I suppose
0: don't ever, don't, don't ever think that you're not worth what you are, you 100% are um, us musicians and, and, and people that are, ma- are making a career are like the the 1% of the 1% um, and there are millions of people around the world who would absolutely give Antin to be in your position. Yeah. I'm sure there's millions of people around the world that would do Antin to be in my position and I would do Antin to be in your position. Do you know what I mean? It's, um, it's, 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 it's one of those things. Don't ever think that you're not worth what you actually are. That goes for anybody out there listening. I'm sending send the love. This is turning into a very, very weird conversation. <laughs> right? <laughs> okay so let's 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 let's, let's bring it back so out of the 50 or so tin whistles that you have which one is your favorite or do you have a favorite
1: um yeah well not necessarily one but i favor two brands in particular maybe three um the leo whistles which i like the high whistles from they do a great whistle set as well which is um it comes in its own little sort of What's the word? Suitcase? <laughs> little briefcase of whistles, which is really oh. nice. Um, and Carboni, and they're a really, really expensive whistle brand. I much prefer their low whistles to any other whistles, and that is because they have this really cool feature called um, a chimney extender, which means they put little tubes on the inside of the whistle, which makes the finger holes closer together on the outside, which makes low whistles like 10 times easier to play, which is oh, wow. really, really amazing. Yeah. So That
0: sounds genius.
1: Yeah, but they're, they're definitely, obviously, my preferred low whistles because the bigger the whistle gets, the harder it is to play. So if there's a way of making those finger holes closer together, you can just do so much more with it.
0: Oh, cool. I love all and Lear,
1: Lear are amazing. They, um, they're currently doing silver-plated whistles, but the sound from them is just really pure and clear. Um, you sort of know what you're getting with them. They're really reliable. So
0: Very good. Is definitely. that Lear spelled L-I-F-A-D-R? Yes. Are they Irish? They are. I think there's a, there's a legend of the, the children of Lear. Is that anything to do with them at all?
1: Um, I don't think so, but they may have been inspired by it.
0: <laughs> yeah. Well, no, no, not, not that they would have have had anything to do with the legend. <laughs> legend is all about the children of this fella called Lear and they all get turned into swans and they live for like 900 years or something yeah, like well, that. Their and...
1: logo is a swan. Right, <laughs> so there swans. you go. Right.
0: Lovely. So in most times, oh, I love that. I'm going to check them out. I'm going to get one of those whistles. I'm going to learn how to play a tin whistle on a Lear whistle. Are they expensive? A little. All right. Well, maybe yeah. Lear might sponsor this episode of the podcast yeah. or something and send us a whistle.
1: I can send you one. I've got a few. <laughs> All
0: right, here we go. Grand job. Lovely. Um, coolabula. Right, so... I love that. I've, I've absolutely loved this, uh, this conversation. Before we finish up and head into a quick fire round, tell us about um, these competitions that you're, you're running. What's the crack?
1: Oh, yes. So um, I've teamed up with a company called James Dominic Music Whistles, and they create really affordable um, sort of polymer low whistles. So um, every month throughout the whole year, I'm doing a competition where you can win a low G whistle a low g james dominic music whistle every single month so yeah march's competition is going to be on youtube and it's just a case of you obviously find the youtube video you subscribe you like the video and maybe sort of share the video and then you get entered into the competition and at the end of the month somebody gets to take home a low g whistle
0: amazing i'm gonna enter that i'm gonna enter every month for <laughs> the rest of the year yeah
1: and it's on a different platform every month so you can enter like if you don't win the first one you can enter the next month on a different platform and. 12 well
0: chances that, to win that, that that's brilliant that that's uh yeah that's you 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 taught that one true well done i like that. that that's that one marketing ahead on me i've been up like all these sort of yeah, like maybe, market, maybe. i've been at all these no, like I've marketing, so many like, different
1: marketing. like oh so many different followers on so many different platforms i just kind of wanted to give everybody the opportunity as well because you know some people not everybody's on tiktok so <laughs>
0: Yeah, no, hundred percent, hundred percent. I, I, think I said it before that TikTok is equally the best and worst thing that's ever happened to me. Um, like I, I love TikTok so much, but my Jesus, I lose hours of me life every day. To yeah. it. and it's all just all it is is um is like food, uh, Legend of Zelda, yes. the odd Lord of the Rings thing, and very very little music. To be perfectly honest, there's very little music on it. It's it it tells me more about myself than I actually know myself because it knows me better than I do. But anyway, um, cool. All right. Um, Let's head into a quick fire round before we finish up. And these are just some just random questions, just purely for the crack. Anyone that's been listening for a while now knows the situation at this stage. So, Steph, first question. What is the most adventurous thing you've ever done?
1: How do I do that quick fire?
0: (laughs) I don't know. To be fair, these are less quick fire. I used um. Have you ever come across Chat GPT? No. Oh, Chat GPT will change your life. Chat GPT is like there was a fellow past is is university um, a uh, degree using uh an exam that ch- or uh, an essay that Chat GPT um wrote for him. And it took chat DPT 20 minutes to do it. Um, So yeah, it's it's basically artificial intelligence that you say, uh, like for this, for example, I says, give me 10 quick fire round or give me 10 icebreaker questions to ask on my music related podcast. And it gave me 10 of them. And I says, please generate 10 more. And it's remember the ones that it's already done. It's madness. It's basically meaning that we're living in the future and we're like one step away from Terminator. Wow.
1: (laughs) <laughs>
0: yeah, it's it's, it's it's a little bit terrifying but it's, uh, it's, it's, it's amazing look up chat GPT it's like taking over the world I will yeah anywho in saying that what's the most adventurous thing you've ever done
1: I honestly don't know um I genuinely why do I not know I genuinely have no idea I okay. travel a lot
0: okay it's not, very, it's, it's not that
1: adventurous really
0: it's quite adventurous where's, where's the most mental place you've been to the most random
1: um nowhere we go to normal places i've been to japan i've been to iceland i've been to morocco they were probably the three strangest places i've been to um okay. just because of the sort of culture difference i suppose from home
0: yeah None i've heard that
1: well japan very adventurous
0: i've heard that japan is number one there's a huge uh community of irish music in japan from japanese yeah. people not from irish people it's mental um what was japan like
1: a beautiful everything about it is incredible the trains go twice as fast as they do everywhere else people bow as they come in and out of each train carriage and then at the end of the journey the seats lift up and turn around so everybody's facing forwards for the journey back oh wow that is insane. that's insane get coffee coffee from vending machines in the middle of nowhere that's in a bottle but it's still hot wow it's the best place ever
0: yeah I've sp- I've spoken to so many people on this podcast, and they've said uh, that have have been to Japan and played in Japan, and it's like number one on my list of places uh, to go in the world. Um, like I said, I I I love like Zelda and like Pokemon and stuff. I I I I'm literally just shaped like a thirty year old man. I am <laughs> reading reading that. on the inside. I'm I'm operating at a level of about seven to ten years old um, at any at any given time. Um, so yeah, I'd love to go to Japan. That's quite adventurous. Getting coffee out of a bottle on a magic train. That's as that's <laughs> bad adventure as you get.
1: Well, Fair i love the cow, if that helps. But you, not in okay. <laughs> Japanese
0: cow. Wow. What are they like? A cow. <laughs> oh, you just said it in such a way as like, oh, it was, it was it was, wild. It was like this Japanese cow that was like, it was all speaking Japanese to me and had a mental accent and stuff.
1: No, but one thing I will tell you about cows is that if you play tin whistle to them, the entire herd comes running across the field to be your audience. Is that right? Genuinely. <laughs> that's wow. It's quite cool.
0: Do you, do you know what? That's where um, the collective word for cattle uh, comes from, as in like a herd, because someone started playing music and the ca- the cows all came over to them because they heard what was happening. Uh, I like it. <laughs> that's not true in any way, shape or form. But if anyone out there, if anyone listening and actually believed me and thought I was like proper, like wise beyond my ears, now you know I'm not. I'm just a bullshare. <laughs> okay. Um... What is your? Where are we going? Where am we going? Where are we going? Where are we going? Where are we going? Uh, oh, jeez, these are very deep questions. I didn't really look at properly into these. Oh, here we go. What's your favorite memory from childhood?
1: Um, I went on holiday with a friend. Um, and we played a game the entire holiday where we were two men who okay. were drug dealers who were doing all these crazy background crimes. And we played and you... it like non-stop throughout the entire holiday as these two drug dealers.
0: Yeah. Where was it that you went to?
1: Um, Somewhere like Cornwall. It was just a little family holiday. <laughs> the first time like my friend had come with me and yeah, we just spent the whole week sort of following this alternative narrative in our own heads in a completely different universe to Cornwall. Right, and you say that you're not that sentence. adventurous. Okay.
0: Fair enough. Fair enough. Fair enough. Um, right. If Here's another one for you now. If you could learn any skill, what would it be?
1: Oh, play the violin.
0: Oh, yeah. Big style. I
1: would love to play the fiddle, violin, however you'd like to call it. It is the most amazing sounding instrument, and I tried, and I sounded like every child sounds when they play "Twinkle Twinkle Little Star." And I yeah. decided that I wouldn't put my husband through that, and I'd stick to tin whistle. <laughs> oh.
0: Bless. I, I, I can do. I can do the left hand for violin with nice. relative, not not relative ease, but it, 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 it's not too bad. The right hand, the bone. Oh. Yeah. Can't get it. can't,
1: yeah.
0: <laughs> baffles me, absolutely baffles me. Uh, we'll do two more here now. Um, what is the funniest joke that you know?
1: Oh, no, it's a visual one.
0: It doesn't matter, you, like, people can use their mind's eye on the podcast and they can actually come to YouTube to see it then. And I might make this into a TikTok. Oh,
1: it's one that my friend does, and he does it a lot better than me. Um, You can do it. It's the stupidest joke in the world. There are two turtles or tortoises. It doesn't matter which one. We'll say tortoises. And the one Uh, tortoise says to the other, when it rains, do you find your mouth fills up with water? And the other one says, no. Does it work? Does it even work on camera? (laughs) It's like my favourite joke ever.
0: It works works. works on camera. No.
1: (laughs) Doesn't work on a podcast. I'd oh, have to
0: get like an audio description of that or something along those lines. Um, just everybody listening to the podcast? Just laugh. That was funny. Take my word for it. It was, it was, oh, Jesus. You're
1: going to use that joke now, aren't you?
0: 100% I am. Absolutely 100%. Um, that's, that, that, that's my type of humor, um, is just completely stupid. I find myself hilarious because my things that I find funny are what my humor is. Um, so, what, whatever I say and I think it's funny, I find it hilarious. My wife goes mental because she's like, it's not funny if you laugh at yourself. I'm like, of course it's fucking funny. Do you know what <laughs> what I mean, what I've said it. You know I mean, it's not funny. All uh, right, last question, and then we'll, 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 we'll let you go. So, if you could live in any era, which one would it be? So, any time in history. When, when, when would you live?
1: The 1920s.
0: Ooh, the 20s. Why? Yeah,
1: the Raw 20s, the Charleston, the realm, oh. <laughs> the whole, yeah. Um, just trying to, to go wild with the music. I love it's, it. Well, I was kind of thinking like the American 1920s. <laughs> the era and the Charleston and the, and the fun that you see on the films. The yes. idealistic, right. exciting without care, 1920s.
0: <laughs> Who's going to win the Six Nations this year?
1: Um, not Wales.
0: Sorry. Anyone not following uh, Ireland kind of hammered Wales a little bit at the weekend. Just gone. A little in, in, bit? In this, just, just, a little, just a little bit. Just a little bit. To be fair, we only scored, what was it, we only scored once in the second half. Was it once or twice? We scored way more in the first half. But, um, yeah.
1: Well, I think it's got to be Ireland at this stage
0: of course it is <laughs> that's the correct answer well done I, uh, uh, <laughs> very, very to you. Steph before we go where can everybody find you if they want to seek you out on the internet and in the world
1: uh, best thing to do is just type cutie pie tin whistle into google and I should pop up
0: excellent stuff Steph thanks a million for your time today you've been an absolute joy
1: thank you so much for having me it's been a lot of fun that was the music career show thank you for listening Don't forget to subscribe, leave a review and tell your
0: friends about the Music Career Show.